0: Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights Podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We're champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Blue Mo, coming to your ears from NARM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's learn together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Doing Well. And on this week's episode, we are celebrating Christmas. So we have to talk about dieting and eating and all that sort of fun things. Today, we're going to talk about feasting for the holidays, embracing a healthy diet. And we have our wonderful guest, Nikki Valentini, in our studio today. Nikki is a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner. She specializes in gut health with a special focus on hormone and thyroid health, as well as neurodevelopmental disorders like ADHD, autism. Nikki is a registered practitioner with the MINDD Institute and is currently undertaking further studies in nutrigenomics and genetics. I said that right? Uh, In her spare time, Nikki loves spending time in nature and meditating. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, uh, it it's a fun topic and we're kind of recording ahead of time. So, you know, obviously, you know, we're not doing this live. Uh, Christmas is, is a little while away not that far off. But um, when I think about, you know, the holiday seasons and, you know, like getting into the mind frame of, OK, what are we going to eat for the holiday? I'm kind of like half excited, half scared because, you know, like that's like the season for feasting and you know new year is is gonna come around and then you know like all the other holidays and especially from my background we have lunar new year as well and Mm. then we're gonna celebrate we're gonna eat a lot so I know for a fact that I don't know about the audience but for me this is gonna be very helpful (laughs) (laughs) so I'm excited to talk to you about this topic today because I'm like okay let's get ready for the holiday season where it's gonna be all about feasting and I'm gonna be like freaking out because I probably won't exercise as much and then everything is gonna be so good
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all the food and you know dessert and everything so gonna talk about it very soon and I'm glad we're talking about this but before we do that I'm curious about your professional journey because you do very you know niche things in your career Um, so I wonder why you chose
1: this line of work and how you got here in your career Well, I think um, I grew up in an Italian background, with an Italian background, uh, and obviously also food, so important, so central to that culture. So we grew up with a huge emphasis on food in our home um, and on good food and eating naturally whole foods, that kind of thing, Um, different to what you would think for the health food movement today, but in regards to just the 70s, and 80s in Australia, that was our food was we weren't buying much from the supermarket that was not a food that you can recognise. So it started sort of there. And then I had my own health crisis in my early 20s. um, And I healed naturally from that. And that sort of started my curiosity. And, and central to that was my diet changing. And I had quite a good diet, but really having to really look at it. So I, I did that and totally changed my life where I completely had, I could sleep six hours a night and have so much energy. My moods were completely level. My weight was stable and I was really having a great time having an amazing time. And then I went into, um, in my work life, I went into sort of uh, food advocacy um, and local food systems working in not-for-profit, the not-for-profit sector, a little bit like public health, but not as a public health nutritionist at that point. And then I had sort of been dodging around working out the next part of my career life and I decided to study clinical nutrition So I studied clinical nutrition and I had uh, sort of following my nose, really, things that I've tried lots of different little things in the area of of how nutrition impacts our lives. Uh, And this is sort of where I've come to um, seeing a number of clients and the, the way I can have the biggest impact with them is, there were things missing before I started to really look at methylation and genetics and that kind of stuff. So that's that's sort of how I got here, really. I love growing food. I've studied permaculture, and I um, live on a property where we grow food and have an orchard, and everything is as natural as we can be, which keeps everyone in balance. I think. Mm, that's so cool.
0: You grow your own food. You know,
1: I wonder what that is like hard work in Melbourne as well. Well, I'm actually I live in central Victoria. So I um you know our our climate's a little bit the same and a little bit different because we don't have as much concrete. I live on a 10 acre property and we yeah, we have some vegetable gardens, old orchards there as well. So, yeah, there's mm. um it's it's great to be able to walk outside and pick something, you know. We're a little bit of a in a little bit of a low part of the season. Um, now things are starting to grow pre Christmas. And, um, <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, so, but it, come February, then there's massive abundance. But you can often rely on lettuce to be there and all the herbs and then different foods depending on the season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That must be a different lifestyle, you know, compared to what we know, especially here in the city, right? We're in the Melbourne CBD and it's kind of like. It, I cannot imagine someone like you know I grow my own food and you
1: know just go out and pick something today. That's ah, wow! So yes, fun. yeah. It's I think it's kind of it. I moved out of the city I think 20 years ago. Um, I was living in the inner city, and I had two very young children. My my daughter was one and a half, and my son was six months old. And we decided that, um, we wanted to just mix it up a whole lot, and we moved out to a property and started from there. You know, I learned more and more about growing food and it was sort of a sense of going back to my heritage as well. So growing food and I got really obsessed with that as I tend to do with things. And yeah, there's sort of a, um extension. My kids grew up around the veggie garden picking food as, as it was ready and Aww. that was all very normal for them. And ma- they're all very great cooks. Making food from scratch is really natural to them from just picking something and turning it into a dinner so Mm,
0: love that that's beautiful like Mm. that's that's a wonderful childhood uh, right Mm. there you know especially in this day and age it's yeah. so great to hear yeah um uh, yeah well certainly you have like, so many things that you can share with us now i i know for, for a fact because that sounds like something that a lot of people struggle with you know like even just go to the supermarket right it's like so enticing to not go to the fresh produce section and you know go somewhere else and
1: absolutely you know, it's, it's,
0: especially in this season like it's so tempting you know all the like pre-made um sort of like, I don't know, like uh, what what people have here because I don't really celebrate Christmas, but mm. um, all the pre-made pavlovas and like, you
1: know, like all the yes. cooked meat and like, anyway, like it's just a lot of temptation. There's a lot of temptation. And I often say, I spoke to a group last week actually who um, were looking at health and food and what to look for for a healthy diet and they, I mean, I think it comes back to knowing what the ingredients mean. Yeah. When you look at the packet, yeah, I think it's vitally important to yeah. actually. What is that? Yeah, quit. Have a look at it. You can Google it. Yeah, and find out. Someone told me,
0: um, or I, um, either someone told me, or I read an article somewhere. If you cannot read the ingredient, maybe don't have it. Yep, yep, yeah. And absolutely. Like, uh huh. That yeah. that's, that's, that's a good point. You know, it's it's actually like quite hard to keep up, which is why it we're is. gonna talk about this topic mm. in detail because I'm sure mm. the audience, if they are clicking on this episode, chances that they want to improve, you know, this mm-hmm. whole like feasting through the holiday activity because it's it's hard to manage. Yeah. Especially because temptation is around and, you know, people want to go out and eat or they will invite you over for a yes. meal. Um so I think this is gonna be very helpful for everyone and um we are going to have fun with it. But before we get into that part, we would love to get to know you more mm-hmm. and we have a part called Have You Met Nikki? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get to know you more through some of
1: your favourite things. Mm-hmm. First thing first, what is your favourite book? So that is, that was such a hard, that's such a hard question to answer because there's been so many books <laughs> that have been so great and then there's fiction and non-fiction and um, I think, I think, Oh, I mean, there's a, there's a book that I really like at the moment that is kind of topic appropriate and it is a non-fiction. So it's called Dirty Jeans oh. um, d- by Dr. Ben Lynch. And I I really love that book. A couple of my clients have said they think it's a little bit too technical for them, but I actually found it an easy read. So I can't quite tell who... it's It's meant for the general public, but it's actually a really beautifully written book that is easy to understand about the basics of living a healthy life and what it does to your genes. So um, that's a book I really enjoyed recently. I don't read a lot of fiction books except in the holidays. So um, I'm just trying to think what I have lined up there. There's a book I have lined up to read and um, it's called The... uh, it's oh, it's the second book from um, an author who has just has written a book called Braiding Sweetgrass. What is it called? It's sitting by the bed. Ah, can't remember. But <laughs> um, Braiding Sweetgrass is an amazing book as well. It's a beautiful book about how we weave ourselves into nature. Mm. Um, and there's even this beautiful section in there about um, what it's like when you walk through the forest. And you you see food growing and you might pick a berry, for example, compared to how it is when you walk into the supermarket. And so the reciprocity in, the, in a supermarket is payment. You pay for something. But when you take something out of nature or pick a flower or take anything out of nature, what is the reciprocity? What are you giving back? There's a whole lot in there in that book about it, which is very beautiful, very oh. beautifully written, woven together. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, that is beautiful. I love that. Yes, And it's, it's very on topic as well,
0: right? Because mm. it's like this season is the season you're going to go and buy a lot of stuff. And yes. you, on the other hand, grow your own food. So, mm. you know, like mm. uh, you, you probably know a thing or two about you, how you give it back to nature you know, yes. through that process. Yeah. So that's really nice to hear. Mm. Now, um, I mean, holiday season's coming. Lots of people will spend time watching movie. Mm-hmm. What is a movie you have been enjoying recently?
1: Um, I don't watch a lot of, um, television or movies, um, at the moment. I think I'm just got my head down in, in the world of genetics, probably. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think there was a, uh, what is a movie that I've watched recently? Hmm. That I really enjoyed. I actually can't even think. Ah, oh, there was a film called Holy Smoke. Um, there's a film called Holy Smoke, which I really enjoyed, um, and it, it's it's all about pre-war Germany. So I enjoyed. It was quite. Uh, I think I really like a film that offers me a really big perspective um, on life, and and the way other people lived and what people went through. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm, beautiful. Mm. Well, I've mm. never heard of that before, so that's certainly it's interesting. It's an older film. Yeah, it's an older film.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Probably good for the holiday, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you just want light viewing. So that was probably not it. Well, depends on what people
0: like. Um, yeah, that's if someone right. wants light viewing, maybe not, but I think it. The holiday season is good for
1: getting new perspective. It is. Yeah. It really, really is. I definitely love to take the time in that to, mm. to not think for a moment and then to allow in all sorts of new thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah.
0: Um, so a lot of our guests actually don't listen to podcasts. Uh, ah. interestingly enough i wonder if you do and if you do
1: what is a show you've been enjoying i listen to so many podcasts okay. i love podcasts great so at the moment the the one i'm listening to the most is um it's it's on topic as well it's called biohacking superhuman performance oh wow what a and, mouthful yes and <laughs> the woman who runs it nat nidham is incredible she's a um She's a peptide specialist so it's very on topic for me as well. So um, I'm very interested in the use of peptides for health conditions at the moment So and how we can work with peptides which are basically amino acids which are basically protein but... Um, in a specialised form. So that's what I listen to a lot of at the oh, moment. Wow. <laughs> that sounds very niche. So yeah. I wonder who's yeah. going to enjoy what, uh, listening to
0: that, apart from people in your profession. Yeah, uh, Maybe our audience might pick that up if they're interested in this area. Maybe they want to get into this area professionally.
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's it's not really just geared at professionals. It's 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 often geared at a lot of biohackers, so I don't know if you know much about the biohacking world, but the no. biohacking world is... A world where there's a lot of anti-aging medicine and a lot of genetic study, but right. they really drill into the, the way our bodies are responding to our environments and what's biochemistry, what what our biochemistry is doing, which is I'm very passionate about. Ah,
0: yeah. nice. That is interesting. Mm. All right. Well,
1: yeah.
0: uh, now let's talk about your role model.
1: God, and I looked at that, <laughs> and I'm thinking. A role model that's I have so many role models on so yeah. many levels yeah. so I would say um uh gosh there's so many role models I have so professionally there's role models but I guess also in life um my biggest role models are my children um because they're definitely the ones who teach me a lot about myself and about life so my three children are definitely very... Um, very high on that list. Um, um, there's my meditation teachers, their role models as well. So um, I practice Vedic meditation, and, and I'm very passionate about the use of meditation for health as well. So um, my my the Mahasoma collective uh, meditation teachers are amazing. So I'd say probably, yeah. In in regards to my life, they're the people children Aww. and the, and the meditators oh, beautiful yeah. especially the children part i'm like oh that's so sweet oh, uh, they're amazing yeah. they just teach you everything and in a really hard way oh okay <laughs> and good way <laughs> oh that sounds wonderful to hear i mean yeah i think uh
0: yeah i've heard one other guest so far only one person has, has talked about the fact that Their kid is their role model. Mm. And that was like, that was beautiful for me because it was the first time that I've had this sort of conversation where someone says their kid is their role model. Because a lot of the time people kind of saying, you know, kids have to, you know, see their parents Mm. as role models, right? And then when you have this perspective of, oh, you know, my children are my role models, I'm like, yeah, that's cool.
1: Well, they're the people that kind of make you try harder, Mm. they're the people that make you go, I got to do better at this thing. like if you if you have a communication that's really doesn't go well or you know you you have a strong drive to make it work. Yeah. so uh-huh. <laughs> there's the one that make you really question yourself and the things you say and how you say it, so that is true. and how to strive to be better? So, yeah. And they'll point it out. They yeah. don't hesitate.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's really good to know. I mean, I'm not a parent myself, mm. but uh, I know a lot of parents would probably listen to this and kind of giggle um, mm-hmm. and, you know, get some new perspective yeah. perhaps. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's fun. Yeah. Especially for the holiday where you really think about it. it's like time for family and you reflect on all these things. Yeah, um, that's
1: right. Yeah. I, I do often say to my kids, and it's sort of true, it's quite funny, your mum is always right. <laughs> And it's not just in a superficial way. It's actually like you, I always know when there's something going on for them. I always kind of can feel out these things. That, and even if they try and tell me, no, this situation is not going to end like that. And I don't. I try not to be – I pro- try just to be the silent observer because they're young adults. But um, – It's also like I come back sometimes and go, see, told you, I'm right. I was right about that.
0: Yeah, I think that's what we learn growing up, right? That's about all our moms. Moms Mm -hmm. are always right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like that that is kind of like initially it was a joke that was going around, but then the more you grow up, the more you realize how true it is.
1: It's so interesting. I even remember when, I hope my eldest daughter doesn't mind me saying this, but when she first kissed a boy, I just knew, and I knew I would know. She didn't tell me straight away, and I went, oh you kissed a boy. Yeah. She's like, how did you know? I'm like, I don't know. It's just this weird mum gift I've got.
0: Yeah. Do you know that that um, uh, Spider-Man, like the Spidey sense? Yeah. You have know, the mommy yeah. sense.
1: Probably, the, totally. you know, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Whatever that's called. That yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. It's not, it's, I think we've all got it. Yeah. That, that is so
0: interesting. I love that. Yeah. Um, now, what is a course you've completed that has really inspired
1: you? Um, I've done so many that have completely inspired me. I think at one point, um, one that caused me to really pivot and change. Oh, there's been a couple. Can I say a couple? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when I first studied permaculture, I think that was a really profound understanding of a human's relationship with the landscape, with their surroundings on all levels. Um, so that was a really big, a really big one. Another one I did part of a building biology diploma and building biology is the science of healthy living in healthy buildings. And the toxicology that I studied there was I nearly had a nervous breakdown because of the toxins in the environment that you actually can't avoid. But then I recovered from the nearly nervous breakdown and and really started to understand the impact of toxins on the body, which then sort of took me into the clinical nutrition world as well. Um, yeah, and the other one is, um, on a, on a more personal level is nature connection workshops that I've done. So, um, going out into nature for days on end and, um, sitting with nature, having practices around sitting with nature and waiting for nature to tell you things, which sounds pretty out there, but it is very present. The, the, just observing the sitting and observing birds is, can be a wonder, Mm. um, yeah, and how we're very connected to yeah. them, actually. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, my brain just immediately,
0: it's going to the woods right now. Like, mm. I'm, I'm in the woods mentally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's the space. Yeah.
1: Ah, yeah. Feel yeah. good, you know. Well, there's that beautiful practice of shinrin yoku, which is nature bathing, which is practiced in Japan. Mm. It's the, you know, it's it's like yes. a medicinal, um, there's a whole lot of, I think, place in Japan, they'll test your blood pressure before you go and they test your saliva as well and then when you come out they test your blood pressure and your saliva again um there's all these studies done on the effects on the body from nature bathing Mm. so i think it's a really yeah you know we're all we are nature so yeah i just learned about that terminology this year actually Ah, yeah i read
0: a book uh it's on the the power of fun and then nature Mm. bathing is one of the things that the author recommended based on her research and i was like Okay, let's do that. And I Mm. got the book with me, went camping and then read about nature bathing again in that process. It's just like, it's so refreshing. Like, it's so great to be there and just like be in nature, reading a
1: a physical book. Nothing really compares to that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And yet it's so simple. Nothing it compares to it and it's so simple. Yeah, mm. exactly.
0: It's nothing fancy, you know, because like mm. a lot of the activities, especially when we talk about the holiday, uh, to kind of like mm. drive to the topic, a lot of people kind of thinking, oh, you know, it's holiday, got to like mm. go out, like have a fancy meal and, mm. you know, whatever, it, it, like lots of activities. Yes. I actually like the, in the process of growing older and growing up, I realized that the best thing we can do is actually spend more time in nature mm. and do things that actually don't cost us a lot of money. Yes. And explore yes. and connect with nature around us, just like what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful thing and it, it enhances our well-being. Yes. This show is about well-being. So yes. now let's talk about well-being. Yes. let's talk about feasting. You know, I, I love this topic, especially because I think for people that are kind of like, oh, you know, like I, I'm really into the well-being space and I love eating and it's a struggle. Mm. You know, this is kind of like a multi-layer Conversation where people are going to yes. be like, I know that I need to be a certain way or like do certain things. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, it's a hot, really hot balance, I yes. think. So let's start
1: broad. Let's mm-hmm. talk about well being first. Now, what does well being mean to you? So, well being is, um, I think it's those times when you feel whole and balanced and that you're not sort of rushing ahead of yourself. You're in yourself, um and you know if you, you feel your mood is is able to meet the need of of your day, um, there's so many things for well-being, but I think when you you can feel gently in yourself and calm, yeah, that's that's well-being, yeah, mm. yep. yeah, And you can meet the the demands of you know what you what you can possibly produce, mm. yeah or on any level with your work and your home life and your yeah your sleep and yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: there are so many things in life to balance and there are. you know when when we think about the holiday season actually like that's a a time where people talk about well-being more or, you mm. know a lot of people kind of say you know this is my time to recharge yes and um i kind of think it is not that really because the holiday can be demanding, you know, mm. especially on parents, maybe mm. like I, like that's how I observe the holiday for my mom. Like it's such a stress, stressful time for her because there's so many things that she needs to organize, lots of meals to cook. And um, actually, like the, the work that she's done on her well-being the whole year kind of helps Then, yes. rather yes. than that is a time to recharge on Absolutely. and, you know, work on her well-being. And I find that to be like an interesting thing because the mm-hmm. holiday shouldn't be that tough on
1: people. Yeah, it's interesting the expectations we put on. Yeah, you know, even when you you say this feasting thing, and it is like it is the way that we commune with one another is is with food, which I think is beautiful, and yet we always have this desire to go overboard, to have make too much food, <laughs> like more food than we ever really need. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I just took a group. Um, I take our groups through a cleanse every year. So I just finished yesterday with a group um, for a two-week cleanse and part of that a portion of the people fasted for uh, the first week. Um, and I asked them to observe in that what they feel when they want to eat something because often we're not really eating because we're hungry. We're mm. eating because we want to fill something up. We want to stop feeling something or we you, there's a whole process that you might go through when you actually just don't do it. What's left when I'm not eating? So I find it really interesting, the idea during the holidays of this feasting and this idea that there's a sense of abundance that we want to have. Yeah. And we do that with food and our company, but Mm. we could do it with a little bit less food and the company because yeah. the company is really the spirit of what we're we're so celebrating true. is one another being together yeah <laughs> it's
0: quite- i guess that is actually now that you've pointed that out it's one of the misconceptions people have about well-being especially mm. during the holiday season like mm. the more food we have the, the better the sense of well-being we'll, we'll all have yes but it's actually not that because i i've re- realized and this is upon reflection of you know like hanging out with groups of friends when we're together, we have a great time. It doesn't matter what we eat, really. Yes. Like when we are hungry, we eat something, we fill ourselves up and then that's great. Yes. But there's also this element of, you know, when you hang out, you got to have snacks around you. And then you're constantly yes. snacking and then you you feel lethargic after that. Because exactly. you're, you're just filling yourself up with lots of like random carbs and mm-hmm. things you can't read, like we talked yes. about earlier. Yeah. And I'm one of those people as well, because I'm with my friends. I'll be like, okay, whatever they eat, I'll eat. Yeah, yeah. There's not really much self-control there, <laughs> you know, because it's so easy to get sucked into it. Um, so true. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, mm. you know, when, when we talk about the holiday season. Mm. Um, what are some of the other misconceptions you think people have about well-being?
1: Um, I think... Um, Misconceptions about well-being. I think you know you can really uh, overdo it. Well-being. So you know, I I do have some clients that will be, they get up at five and they go to the gym and then they come back and have the perfect smoothie and they race off to work and they work all day and then after they've got this stuff booked in and then they do this and then they'll crash out at 10 o'clock and then they get up again and do this thing the next day and in all of that. Which is all really, really healthy practices, it's just too much. Yeah. It's just too much. I think that's a misconception about well-being, mm. is that if I do all the things, then I will be well. And the hardest part is stopping. Mm. It's just stopping and just not not doing <laughs> any of the great things, you yeah. know. So that's yeah. I think that's a misconception about that we get caught up in for well-being, that well-being yeah. and I do the same myself. I can totally get caught up in that as well. But it that we can just be doing too much and yeah. stopping yeah. is vital. That is yeah. true. You mm. know, like that, I couldn't agree more because this year I
0: got back into fitness, mm. started going to the gym again and I overdid it. Mm. And I didn't realize it at first, but I overdid it because No matter what happens the previous day, then the next morning I have to go. Mm. And I realized that I was, instead of working out enough, I was working out too much. Mm -hmm. And I didn't sleep enough.
1: Yes. Some days,
0: because some days it's hard to fall asleep. And then Mm -hmm. I commit to myself that, okay, you know what? Like I'm going to wake up at 5.45, I'm going to go to the gym, Mm. first class that they have, which is really great. But then some days I wake up and I'm like, oh God, I'm tired. Mm. And then I come back from the gym and I'm even more tired Yeah, because, you know, you get a l- little bit of an energy boost after the workout, but then shortly after you're going to crash because you don't have energy. Yes. Uh, and it is
1: that it is really listening to the body and that fine level of feeling of yeah. what does my body really need today? Because we tell each other ourselves stories. So, the you know, you could wake up one morning tired and go, uh you know, no, I won't go to the gym today because I'm just tired. And you, you could be used to telling yourself that. So when you're used to telling yourself that and you want to change it, you go, no matter what, I'm just going to go. And there's this hard place of finding what does, what does my body really need today? Yeah. Do I need to go to the gym? I mean, I can make a goal of saying I'll go three to four times a week, which is a decent amount to go, but what am I stressing What's yeah. the stressor in my body? What am I not really listening to? But how did the message get mixed up too? Because yeah. I think we all go through that because there's a, we're all overproductive. Generally people are overproductive and adrenalized or underproductive and fatigued. Uh, there seems to be this huge... Um, divide of yeah. the super productive people and then the underproductive people.
0: Yeah. Actually, it is a point of struggle because mm. um, I, I remember talking to my housemate about it yesterday. it was uh, the other day. It was really funny because I have the problem of going to the gym too much and she has a problem of never going to the gym, even <laughs> though she has a membership. <laughs> and um, uh, mm. I, I remember talking to her about this, which is quite an interesting point of view when you think about well-being. It's kind of like the, the flip of the switch mm. because uh, in... In a sense, we're both tired, mm. but in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting myself rest enough, and she's resting way too much. Yep. She's, yep. she's like, she told me, she was like, oh, I finished another TV show today. And I'm like, oh, that's great. What was that about? And then, and then you know, she talked yes. about it. And then, and then I was like, so have you gone to the gym? And she was like, no. And then she was like, I'm, I'm going to go tomorrow. So that conversation sort of loops yes. about two weeks. <laughs> it, it kind of loops about two weeks. And then. After that one day, she was like, "Oh, you know, I'm not gonna make it to my class today because, you know, like I have to do this." And I was like, "Do you want to go on a walk with me?" Mm. And that's when it kind of changed because I, I think I, I went to the gym that day already. But I was like, you know, like I need yeah. actually. Um, I don't need to go to the gym because I get, you know, covered Mm. in all these equipments. I need to go out in nature. Mm. That's what I'm lacking. Yes. Because there's that sense of, you know, when you were saying overdoing it, I was overdoing the gym thing and, you know, underdoing the spending time in nature. Yes. So then... Mm. We went for a walk. I sort of like did sprints and she was like jogging and then mm. we did some exercises in nature. Yeah. And uh, by the end of that week, she didn't go for another class or anything like that. Yes. You know, that week it was just like the only workout of the week. But then yeah. she did say, we were doing this graduate practice. We're like, oh, you know, like, what's the good thing that happened this week? And. um she said, oh, yeah, the highlight was working out with you the other day. And I was like, oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. And she has something else to talk about rather than TV shows. Yeah, Which is really beautiful to hear because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like I get to, you know, we get to spend quality time together. We get to go mm-hmm. into nature. She sort of switches switched up her routine and I was not overdoing the, you know, being in the gym part. Mm-hmm. I was actually, you know, spending more time in nature. And then I took a break on one of the days that week so just kind of have a rest day and I was like yeah
1: this is great like I don't need to go every day no and, you, you, know, do you really don't need to go every day yeah and you shouldn't I no, think yeah you need to have rest days yeah so and it depends nice. what you're trying to move I think you know in, yeah. you, in yourself there's some people they need to just get moving they need that really strict moment of locking themselves in because I think I get into that I have to go three days a week I have to do that. But mm. that's quite reasonable. Some people when they get to the six days, they if they have the energy to meet that, great, then it's fine. But often people are forcing themselves into that and that's not... That's not actually aligned with what your body really needs. Yeah. So I think you know. True. There's, there's some nuance. In yeah. There. That mm. that is
0: true. I think that's a really big misconception about wellbeing. You know, when we when we talk about exercising, um, and I, I do think for me it's kind of like that observation. We do need more time in nature. So if we can combine exercising with Nature, mm. even better. Yeah. Not necessarily you have to go to the gym five days a week. Yeah. That's, yeah, know, Probably
1: too much of gymming time and not enough time in nature. Totally. And just even walking at a decent pace is enough but to, to set your hormones mm. into a certain place, release serotonin and have things moving. Yeah. Um, and dopamine as well. All these hormones start to regulate or fire up and regulate in in your body so they're accessible. Yeah. So... It's and that means when those hormones, there's a cascade of events that happen with those hormones, like your blood sugar regulates, your um, you in your blood sugar regulating, you will actually regulate your weight, start to regulate weight just from dropping the stress and walking in nature. yeah so there's yeah there's a lot of research around that mm-hmm. um, yeah being just as effective
0: yeah um,
1: yeah yeah yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we're
0: speaking of things that we're feeding our body and you mm. know like listening to our body. Uh, it's perfect time to talk about diet because you know mm. we feed our bodies with a lot of things you know exercises and then nutrition. Mm. So how would you define a healthy diet especially for the context of this holiday season? you know we have a lot of temptation, Yes, And it's probably unfair to say a healthy diet is, you know, you cut out all the sugar and you don't really eat anything that the holiday provides you because I think that kind of defeats the purpose of enjoying life and, you know, your well-being. Yes, Yes.
1: you don't want to be the person that says, no, 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 everywhere. But I think in essence a healthy diet is where you're eating whole foods, as in not whole foods, just health, weird health foods, but just foods that you recognise, like even if that includes potato and, you know, veg, all the vegetables and meats and, you know, vegetarian proteins and all of those things in their form that they were made in, generally speaking, without the numbers that we talked about before or the, the strange additive names. Um, and the other thing I think is that, that I think I see quite a lot at the moment is overeating. So we are talking about the holidays and I think that that finding the balance between eating enough and enjoying whatever's there uh, to celebrate with people but not overeating to the point where you feel exhausted later or you're bursting at the seams and your body has this huge load to deal with. Mm. It's sort of it can send systems into disarray, essentially. It's like all the enzymes that you know with digestion we start with the mouth, the saliva, the stomach acid, the enzymes from the pancreas and the, then the bile from the bile duct, they're all there in sort of they start breaking down food in the mouth, then the stomach, then the enzymes are injected in and then it goes into your intestines to be, a, to, it has been sort of basically vaporized by this time, and in the intestines it absorbs through the lining into the body and is used for what for our energy and for the energy of all our organs. But um, when you overeat, you actually start shutting down all those systems. So food ends up going into your gut in large. It's not vaporized anymore. It's in large part like portions mm-hmm. that actually you don't use, it can make you constipated or it can make you get aches and pains, Got get what's called leaky gut. So I would say overeating is a thing, but don't not eat or, or restrict too far during the holiday season because it's a celebration and you're being collective with everybody, but not to that point where you can almost feel it coming yeah. <laughs> up your throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which can t- I'm, I think I'm quite guilty of that too when I see abundance of amazing food in front of me and I just want it. Yeah, I just want it. And that idea, you know, we sort of even fill ourselves up on the snacks before the meal and then the meal itself and then there's dessert. And it's sort of like, which one can I sort of just make a little bit smaller? You know, ideally in a perfect world, what you eat is pretty much what you can hold in two hands in a meal, Uh, whatever that contains, whatever your food preferences are really there. But that's what a, that's what your body can really digest in mm. one go and if you think then we've piled dessert on top or the snacks, oh. all of the things it's I it's really yeah. uh, a bowl of what you can hold in two hands so in regards to the holiday season you know um, you are, if you're snacking on healthier options that are foods that you sort of recognize mm. you give yourself a couple of days and you need to do that but you know, In my practice, um, I, I talk a lot about what do you really need and checking yourself. What do I actually really need here? Well, I can enjoy a smaller piece of that cake because I'm going to enjoy that and that's really important. It's so important to... You know, f- enjoy what you're eating rather than just taking it in mindlessly. Yeah. So, you know, eating with that sense of what do I, what am I going to enjoy here and what I really need? I think I just spent a, a month with my family in Italy and a lot of them are very amazing cooks and they want to feed you big time. And after a week, I just went, I actually can't do this anymore. This is, <laughs> I love overeating, but I can't do this anymore. And they, they, packed it back in because i just keep bringing more and more things out because it's love. Yeah. I think we all use that as an expression of our love yeah, for one is. another, particularly in these cultures that have food as a central part. So yeah. but you know, i really observed that oh gosh, that's a lot of food. I'm they're trying to get me to take in a lot of food and just holding back, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. Looking at it and going, "Do I? How much do I really need here?" Which is hard to do when it's delicious.
0: Yeah, that is true, and which is one of the challenge mm. challenges in the holiday, right? Because mm. when we talk about maintaining that healthy diet, mm. uh, I do believe that you cannot really have a healthy diet without you know delicious food that you enjoy, like cake, like you were saying, dessert. Yes. You know, yeah, those things are essential because mm. you know they exist for a reason. They exist you enjoy it for you to enjoy them, mm. and. It's hard because you, when you're with people that you love, it's, you know, like you want to make sure that uh, you reciprocate the love. Like, if, for example, That's my right. mom, she whenever I'm home, she would make a feast. Like pretty, Every day would be a feast. She'd be like, oh, what do you want to eat today? What do you want to eat today? And then she'd be like, oh, you haven't had that, have that in a while, this in a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like all the options will be there. And I'm like, it's so great. And then, you know, like I'm that kind of person. I love eating just like you. I'm yes. like, if it's in front of me, I'll eat it. <laughs> and it's really hard to maintain that healthy diet, quote mm. unquote, whatever that might be for, mm-hmm. for each of us. Um, and I think the other challenge probably would be, you know, when you have uh, a lot of people around you, that's kind of like pressure. Mm. And I, I know this for a fact. It's also related to the first point, actually, because my extended family, they they're really big on, you know, celebrating together with mm. food. And if you're not eating, you're not having fun.
1: So you have to yes. show them when you're having fun by eating. Yes, it's so true, isn't yeah. it? And and what's wrong? Or, or is there something wrong with you or the, it's it has this it's incredible, isn't it? It has this real downer feeling, like when the when there's someone going, No, 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 I won't have that or that or that or that. You know, yeah. it's just it has this I'm really interested in that because I've never sort of come to a place where even I'm comfortable with that, even though after a week with my cousins initially I was really like I can't. I actually, it's not. I now, I was being polite for that time and now I actually can't. But it, it, they would like, oh, oh, okay, right. And that, then there's a whole other issue involved in, in our relating to one another because they're kind of like, is this okay? Is that okay? And you don't want that really.
0: But, yeah. um,
1: yeah, there is, it's, you know, we see that as an expression of rejection. If, yeah. if someone doesn't want to go that there. Is true. And I think it goes back, you know, Generations and generations and generations through starvation and all these different a celebration is this is a celebration of life. Yeah. And life is food. Yeah. So here we are celebrating with one another. But that That's it true. is it does feel like rejection. So, you know, I think I've managed over the last few years to get away with just having it not where I'm not rejecting anything. But nobody will notice how much I'm eating. Mm. Um, and sometimes I just overeat. But, you know, generally, i I have I'm just quiet about it, or there's the food in the middle of the table, and you just take what you need. and that's, I don't yeah. try to go for four plates like I might have once. So I'll just try and stick to one or maybe two max. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 That's yeah. true. And actually, one other thing that I noticed would probably
0: be when you're participating mm-hmm. and you're you're eating, you know, especially the holiday, you're eating, but then everyone else is still eating, but then you're done because you're, you're yes. for example, you're a fast eater. Yes. And you've already finished your portion. They will start to go, why are you stopping? Keep going. But oh, then gosh. I find the trick to that is. Just to pace myself. Yes. And uh, another big component of that is also sometimes I did I realized I didn't notice what I was eating. Mm-hmm. It was just like oh it's all so delicious. Let's just like stuff it. Yes. You know it's so good. And then I realized. You know, like this is where mindful eating really helps. And that's what the research shows as well, you know, mindful eating really helps in this scenario to kind of help with the overeating potentially um, and to help us maintain that healthy diet. Mm -hmm. So for our audience who's kind of new to this concept, Mm -hmm. what would you say about mindful eating, you know, from a scientific point of view, Mm -hmm. how does that actually help our healthy diet and, you know, sort of maintaining this balance, Mm -hmm. especially for the holiday season?
1: Yes. so. There's a number of things in that, number of layers to mindful eating. One, generally I ask my clients to, when they're, even if they're going out uh, or cooking a meal at home, is to smell the food. You walk into a restaurant, you can smell the food, but acknowledge you've just smelt food. Because when you, even my mouth started going there. Um, (laughs) When you acknowledge that you've smelt food, and I can't smell food, but I just even thought about it. (laughs) Your saliva starts to activate and get ready for digestion. So, yeah. your body starts to prepare itself for what it's going to do next. Um, so that's a part of the mindfulness of going. Mm, okay, I am going to eat. You know, even you can you get you just can get in the habit of it. After a while, it's a real habit because we do smell it and our bodies sense it. But if we just give it a momentary thought, I'm going to eat. I'm going to be eating soon. Oh, great. You know. Um, So in regards to that, that mindfulness there, mindfulness of what you really need uh, and doing that with grace, but mindfulness of what you really, really need. So as I mentioned before, I just took a group of people through this cleanse um, and some people were fasting, uh, juice fasting as part of that, uh, vegetable juice fasting. And it is that, that question of going, what does my body really want in this moment? And In some ways, it's quite a luxurious thing to go, what do I really want right now? But also, what do I really need right now? Um, So applying mindfulness to it, I often take um, cleansers through exercises of tasting their food and sensing how it feels, noticing what happens when you've taken a bite. And if you can actually start to really feel it and think, oh, my body actually doesn't like that. Mm. I like that. The taste of that is amazing. But my body went, oh, or I sometimes you'll have a little burp. Sometimes you might sniffle. Sometimes there's lots of little feelings. Sometimes your stomach might gurgle. There could be a few things that happen. So in regards to mindful eating, you can go right into the detail of that, being super aware of how it feels for the food to go in rather than, oh, I'm used to eating that thing. I love eating that thing. I'm addicted to that. It's, you know, which is always going to be tempting. There's always foods that are that are going to be there. And I always say, I'm just going to add this to that. Eat, eat with joy. Eat with joy. Don't eat with anger. Don't be arguing at the table or just eat with joy. Eat with mindfulness. And, you know, even for some people, they'll do a blessing before they eat because that brings them into mindfulness about, thank you for this meal Thank or thank you for feeding me, whatever, whatever it is. You know, there's so many different sayings in different traditions and cultures, so I think kind of an acknowledgement is often good. Okay, thank you. This is, thank you for making it. Thank you to the cook or thank you, yeah, whoever that is. So, yeah, so in, in mindfulness then we actually start our digestion going. We're more likely to eat a quantity of how much we need, um, and we're more likely to eat food that's feels right for our body mm. in that moment. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So it's it's quite it changes a lot how you take the food in, yeah. how you digest the food, and it slows you down. Too. Yeah. So that Christmas tip of just slow it down a little bit. So you know, if you're eating a little bit less everyone you're at the same pace as everyone else yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that is so true
0: i feel Mm. like it it is something that we probably overlook because a lot of the times um and this is probably relatable to a lot of people out there you go to work and you're Mm. kind of like oh i have this like 15 30 minutes to have my lunch i'm just Mm. gonna like you know be really quick um and and then that you bring that home as well Mm -hmm. so you know whenever you're at the dinner table you're kind of like oh food's here gotta finish it like Mm -hmm. really quick and then there's no that that act of mindful eating, mm-hmm. and I, I think I learned about savoring as well, which is like oh, a, another nice. thing that is so important for for this whole journey because I think it's it's hard to know when to stop. But you will know when to stop when you actually pay attention. Most mm-hmm. of the time we don't pay attention, right? Because we have to rush through it or if we're with other people and mm-hmm. it's a holiday and it's, you know, lots of um, delicious food in front of you. you just kind of like you're in the zone, probably having a conversation, don't really pay attention, mm-hmm. don't really know what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of this is interrelated because once we actually pay attention, like you were saying, mm. you eat more slowly, you kind of pay attention, you enjoy it better. Yes and um
1: it just makes the whole
0: the whole experience better
1: mm. yeah yeah it's, it's so true it's so true i noticed for me even when i go out for dinner um recently i went to a place and it was it was a set menu and there were three or four small small courses of beautiful food and i just had that i left there going wow i just feel really complete I don't feel overstuffed or I just feel like I can get on with things now. I'm not going to have to go home and digest and sleep. It, I feel good. You know, there's, there's nothing draining me. So this idea of having, you know, lots of little smaller portions that are just enough, we feel great from yeah. food in that way. But we have, we're so lucky to have such an abundance of food. Yeah. We're so lucky and we kind of, I think we forget. What, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Mm, it's a, it's a reverse
0: problem from before, right? That's right. Previously, people didn't have anything to eat. Mm. And uh, there are not that many ways to cook food. And yes. now we're kind of overwhelmed because
1: there's so many things. Yes. So many different kinds of recipes. I get totally caught up in that. I get completely caught up in that. In my, I have such an amazing diet and I forget how amazing it is. But and it's it's quite decadent as well. Like it's not, it's... I think, oh, my God, I I feel like this. I'm going to eat it. I feel like that. They're all very healthy options because I'm used to that. But I feel like it and I'll have it. (laughs) And then even in that, I don't think I'm savouring enough. I'm not savouring the moment and what that is and, yeah, enough. Yeah. Mm. We we could all do a better job, right? We no could. one's perfect. No one's perfect. Today and I I think might be perfection good. isn't great either. Yeah. I mean today yeah. might be good,
0: tomorrow you might slip up and that's okay. Yeah. It's about the reminding, which is why we're having these conversations. Because I do believe that if our audience are clicking on this episode, they probably know about this already. Yes. It's like reaffirmation. You gotta remember, don't forget yes. about this. You know, there's that mindful eating, there's that savouring. Mm-hmm. And also we you, you mentioned portion earlier. Mm. So a very big part of this whole thing about, you know. Healthy diet is you kind of have you can kind of have portion control, which mm. I think we're pretty good at when we were kids. Like for the popular mm. um, people, like the popular population out there, just mm. mainly all of us, we're probably good at portion control and you know limiting ourselves to like eating certain things. Mm-hmm. I I think it's definitely harder in the context of the holiday, mm. yes, because what is portion control really like you have yeah. so many things in front of you what is portion control <laughs> how does that work you know so how can how can people go about applying this in a way that would help them to balance their diet but not sacrificing that feasting mm-hmm. aspect of the holiday
1: yes mm-hmm. so the the first thing that comes to mind there is not snacking between the meals mm-hmm. we do our bodies actually really need to stop between eating so this idea of mindless even if it's healthy, Healthy snacks. One of my clients who just finished this cleanse with me, he did it last year as well, and he discovered he's super healthy. He does cleanses and fasts and has this very healthy diet. And he discovered last year that he literally eats about half a kilo of nuts a day, snacking, snacking, oh. and he cut had to cut that out. And he felt amazing. For he thought he needed it and he thought it was healthy, but it was actually too much of a good thing. And it his digestion felt much better for not snacking. So technically our bodies do need this break because actually um, uh, on the physical level, we sweep our digestive system, our intestines go through this sweeping process about three to four hours after we've eaten. So... If you give yourself that three-hour break, you're going to naturally be cleaning your intestines out, which is much better for your intestines. They need to be, they don't, you you have less debris lying around, which leads to leaky gut and then other health problems. So having that little break, that three hours break, mindless snacking between the meals, I reckon is a great beginning of portion control. <laughs> So, you know, because if you think you're just building up, you're just kind of continually filling up on whatever. So, yes, portion control. And really um, I'm a big sucker for when the snacks come out before the food because I'm usually hungry. And then I've just totally eaten mindlessly all of these foods that I didn't really need, I probably yeah. needed a few things and they were delicious and they were salty and, you know, cheesy and whatever else is going on there. And it, I didn't really need that much, the amount that I had, because these platters came out with this abundance of food on them that I, oh, I'll try that, I'll have that and all of olives and do this and that. So I would say be mindful there in yeah. that moment because then you can eat this main meal and, as I said before, Approximately what you can hold hold in your two hands, your two hands. Yeah, it's an easy measurement, Um, and then you can have dessert. So even if you've just minimized on that snack, the snacks between meals and the snack, the the hors d'oeuvres or whatever came out first, you can you've got a little bit of room. (laughs) In our house, some of the kids will say no; they'll say, "I'm full. I can't eat any more dinner," and then they they can eat dessert. And they're like, no, that's a different stomach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I used to say that as well, have a second stomach just for
1: desserts. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. You know, we want want to finish it off with this thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, and then being mindful about how much dessert you really need. Normally our desserts are really sweet and sugary and actually are a powerful hit of something. But it isn't like if you really, if you really think about it, it is enough just to have one portion Um, You know, I know at Christmas there's often the cake table or whatever and everybody will fill up a whole plate of a variety of cakes and I get the temptation because you want to taste everything but maybe keep the portions small and taste everything, you know, half a piece of cake, not even the full quarter of a piece of cake. You can just get enough and enjoy it because, you know, this is about all... This is a celebration of life, isn't it, really? These, cel- these holiday seasons are about a celebration. Hey, we're alive and we're together. Let's add it, add food to that because that's life. So I think, you know, that's a being mindful of that snacking part though and the pre-dinner foods yeah. are big. Yeah. That is such a good tip actually because I remember
0: every time I visit my family for Lunar New Year, there would be uh, meals and there would be snacks, mm-hmm. like the, the, like proper snack breaks. Yeah. Like, You know, like they would be like, oh, like, okay, finished uh, lunch, come here. Let's have tea and dessert. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm so used to that. Yes. And I didn't, like, I don't really realize how impactful that is until you've mentioned it. Because every time we have the holiday season, everyone will gain weight.
1: Yeah. Without a yep. doubt.
0: Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And there would be, uh, you know, like the the activity of losing the the holiday mm-hmm. weight after that, which mm-hmm. I find to be so funny because you yes. basically gain it. You know, so it's kind of like okay, so <laughs> where do we go from here? It's it's actually really interesting you said that because I don't think it's um a thing that can be changed like that mm. simply because it's such a beautiful thing, right? The, all yeah. the holiday traditions, like you finish your meal. You go and you have tea Mm. and then you have more snacks and you continue talking or playing games together, you know, board games, card games, whatever that might be. And it just continues on. Mm -hmm. And I do think that uh, when when we talk about like filling up the, the, the void or whatever, like you were mentioning earlier, it is true, but then... At the same time, in the holiday, it's harder because, you get, you know, like when you see people eat, you also want to eat. Yes. It's not like there's no void there really. It's just like yes. it's a group activity. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. You feel left out, you don't eat. And yeah. I find it really hard to say no, but I also notice a lot of people are really good at saying no.
1: Yeah. And I adore that. Yeah, some people are really good at just saying no, or even when all the, this collective snack thing comes out, they don't really yeah. go there. I'm not. One of those people, generally, I want it <laughs> if I see it, it's, yeah. it's there. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, it's just... Me too. <laughs> but same. yeah, yeah. But I I've, I try to now, my my way of dealing with that, because I am classically an overeater, that would be a lot of what I've done in the past, is to just stop and go, okay, I want some something salty here. I'm going to have the salty thing, but how much of that do I actually really need how much do I do? I really need savoring. Come the savoring. It's the word of the moment. I think. Yeah, savoring is what it's all about. I'm gonna yeah. enjoy that little salty thing. Yeah, but I don't have to have ten of them before yeah. I eat dinner. Hundred percent. Yeah, true.
0: Yeah, and I think noticing when you are full and actually saying no, mm. because yeah. you're overworking your body, is also another thing that I've learned. Mm. You know, doing this podcast and like learning from all the guests and. Especially, again, part of growing up as well, because, like, you know, I was, I was younger. I was like, oh, yeah, like, let's just eat. You know, yes. like, whatever people are eating, I'll eat. Yeah. I won't ever say no, because, you know, yeah. like, it's such sentiment that, you you yes. know, you're bringing all this amazing food out here. And yes. Sometimes, actually, even if the food's not amazing, but people are eating, I'll join them.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I made. <mean, too. laughs>
0: yeah, it's challenging. So bottom line is yes. it is challenging. Mm. We acknowledge that it's hard. So, mm. you know, we're, we're participating in this conversation along with our audience. Not to say that, mm. um, you know, even if you're sort of an expert in this area, having worked with a lot of clients, you mm. are saying
1: it yourself, you're not perfect and that's mm. okay. Yes. And perfect is actually bad. Yeah, that's right. Perfect is too much. We yeah. are alive and we, we celebrate and we're messy and we're all the things that we... We, which is our lives, which we, you know, we will continue to do. There's definitely no reason to beat yourself up about it. But yeah. it is like we could start the um, the fashion of saying, I'm just going to have a little bit less. And maybe everyone will start doing that at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that slowing down part
0: mm. is really good. And I, I'm going to apply that to my everyday meal, actually, mm. not just the holiday. Yes. It is important because I, I notice sometimes I just like finish things really quickly and then mm. I'm like, oh,
1: what did I just eat? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, do, I often do a thing where I've over I've made too much food and then I try and eat it all because I don't want to waste anything. And yeah. I forget, even though it probably won't waste because I can keep it, I forget that and I'll just, I'll just finish that off because there's only that much left so I'll just finish it now, not, which actually it was too much. So I think in the Zen tradition they have a, um, they say you should leave the last bite. Mm. On the plate and not eat it. Ah, yeah. yeah, the bringing that mindfulness to go. Actually, no, I don't need that. Bit. Yeah, I had all of that. Yeah, I, it's so hard. It's yeah, it's, it's so really hard. hard to leave that last tasty morsel there. Yeah, that <laughs> but, sounds hard. Yeah. It's I haven't really mastered it. I. I've been trying sometimes, but yeah, I haven't fully mastered that one yet. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, we've sort of covered lots of grounds here, Mm -hmm. uh, but let's get a bit more practical now. Mm -hmm. So let's go into our practice part and summarize it for our audience or maybe throw in a little bit of something new. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that you've already mentioned a bunch of, you know, meaningful tips and practice that they Mm -hmm. can try, like, you know, the, you know, packing things in. Uh, anything that you can hold in your two hands—that's mm-hmm. basically like your portion. Yes. Um, you know the slowly, mindfully, and eating and savoring, savoring whatever you're eating, and you know leaving the last bite on the plate. All of those are great. But now, if someone is kind of like, "Man, that's a—it's the a holiday. You're making me remember too much." What mm-hmm. would be a simple practice that you would recommend to our audience that they can try, very like very simple, this mm-hmm. holiday season, and see how it goes
1: with a healthy diet? Um, I would say. Have a good breakfast but have it uh, technically in the body you're better off eating when you're hungry. The best, the healthiest kind of um, beginning of digestion is usually around half an hour to an hour after you've woken up. But if you don't have a hunger cue then that's for another reason and for another story. But eat when you're hungry and eat that breakfast that is whole, Healthy food, whether it's eggs and beautiful bread or a muesli or a smoothie or a juice or whatever it is, have that, have that and ha- enjoy that. Um, and then go forth and try the savoring and the portion control and those kind of things and, um, and the non snacking between mm. the meals. But, oh, yeah,
0: non snacking. Yeah, that was,
1: yeah. yeah, try not to snack between the breakfast and the lunch and the dinner that maybe you spending with family or having, you know, just if you can just... Usually breakfast is the easiest one during the holiday season to manage mm. and breakfast sets you up for the day. It's completely sets you up. It's it, It'll inform your blood sugar, how your blood sugar is going to go. And blood sugar, the movement of our blood sugar is often the thing, the reason why people snack in the afternoon or they snack, they eat more because they're actually trying to meet what's happening to their blood sugar in their energy levels. So often when you find um, when people are more likely to be underproductive, like we said before, they're actually, um, their blood sugars is fluctuating in ways that is dictating. So they'll eat more because they're kind of hungry. The best antidote is exercise. And maybe that's a point between the meals, go for a walk Go for a walk, even if it's 20 minutes. And for 10 minutes of that, five minutes of that, you're a little bit puffy. Do that like, you know, <sighs> you know, that's, a, that's perfect. You've, you're kind of going to be levelling your blood sugar out, which mm. is vitally important in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. We're all experiencing from the refined foods that we all have access to and are very tempting, our blood sugar yeah. is an issue it Mm -hmm. is yeah it is definitely something to look out for Mm -hmm. um i
0: think that's a really good tip you know like managing your breakfast that is something Mm -hmm. within your control you know before you go into any feast Mm. um actually on that i do have a question though because a lot of Mm. people are kind of saying and this is like this Mm -hmm. classic from my family i'm just gonna skip breakfast i'm gonna fast through breakfast Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna have a feast for lunch and then another feast for dinner Mm How does that sound in this, you know, world of balancing things and, you know, all the blood sugar level? Does, does that uh, actually help, you know, this whole fasting through breakfast? Does that actually help at all?
1: Um, in, well, that is a great question. That's that's a big topic. but So for men and women it's a little bit different. But when people are fasting through breakfast and then they go and eat a massive meal that contains sugar or refined carbohydrates, which do the same thing as sugar, you are actually, um, one, your digestive system can't handle that. So you're not going to break it down very well. Two, your, your blood sugar, it, that's a lot. For your, when you eat food, your body um, releases insulin in, in order to tell your body to pack away the extra nutrient or the extra energy from food, into the, into the muscles and cells. Pack that away for later. We'll need that later. But when you the more you have to signal your body to do a large amount of packing away blood sugar or insulin packing away the blood sugar or the energy, you, you throw out your blood sugar and you're giving it this huge spike and trough. And that's okay actually in one day. But if you're continuously doing that, you are throwing out your blood sugar, which will add to your stress. You may not get diabetes, but you might. You can slowly head towards that, but your stress levels change. Your adrenals start to activate because it's stressful. So I say to some people, even if if you eat eggs, if you boil an egg and you don't have to eat it straight away, but take it with you and just eat that boiled egg sometime before 10.30, particularly for women, because uh, fasting and it's 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 age dependent it varies genetically and age dependent as well but if you're fasting you haven't if if you're fasting in the morning and then you suddenly eat a big lunch and eat it fast and quick you're not doing yourself any favours hormonally at all at all you you're going to start throwing out hormones and hormones is not only for your menstrual cycle but for your thyroid and your metabolism and there's a whole lot of things that, and and your stress, your stress hormones. Mm. So being mindful again, what is really, asking yourself, what is really right for my body in Mm. this moment? Because I know intermittent fasting is really fashionable, but for women, for example, in certain stages of their cycle, there's a time to fast and there's a time not to fast. And the time not to fast, I'll just go into that one because the whole lot is another podcast in itself, is the week before you, you menstruate. Don't fast. Don't fast then. Eat. Mm, yeah. Eat, but eat well and don't snack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. That's a that's a really good point. Because you know, like I'm also sort of like struggling this myself, like still learning because there's so much to learn about our yes. own bodies, right? And then mm. like all the different schedules we have. It's it's hard to keep up. Yes.
1: Yeah. Particularly for people that leave really early in the morning for work yeah. and they're not hungry yet. And what do, what do you do? You're better off yeah, just... That was me
0: this morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Thank I... you for waiting for me to finish my breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was important. Yeah,
1: it was.
0: It was. I was, yeah, I was going to get into like a not so great podcast if I hadn't had <laughs> yeah, that. So yeah. I'm glad, you yes. know, I have this energy to
1: That's right. To do
0: this. Anyway, yes. we digress.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. And, you know, food is that. Food is energy. And when we talk, think about energy, it's not just the energy for us to keep moving in our day. it's it's to a cellular level, our cells are doing things all the time, yeah, and they need this sort of energy input to function properly, to clean our bodies, to detox naturally, to pump our heart and have our liver produce enzymes, and everything is is down to energy, yeah, yeah, so very true. yeah, yeah. love that. I think that's a really
0: great tip, especially the you know the whole fasting. Uh, concept there. I think the, the, for the holiday, mm. it's quite important because a lot of people might get into the misconception that, oh, if I fast through breakfast, I, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not going to be fine. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if
1: you did that for a couple of days, it'd be okay. But if you, I see a lot of people feel quite good on that, that sort of eating pattern and then they get Quite obsessed with that and do it for a very long time, and they push the fast out and they push the fast out, and then the next thing they're not eating in the morning, and they eat, start eating at three o'clock in the afternoon, and they're actually really hungry. They grab for a whole lot of carbs, they eat this massive dinner, and their blood sugars all over the place. Yeah, because it, it that's not you. You're better off eating in the middle of the day. Yeah, you know, around a six hour window if you want to do that kind of diet, six hours in the middle of the day, and eating enough protein and fats and carbs that you get what you need and you're not snacking later at night because often that's what happens with those people who keep pushing that fast out. Yeah. is that they eat this big meal and eat something for dessert. Yeah. Yeah. And then they start again. Yeah. And that's just a blood sugar nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's really important especially for the holiday because
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of people might get into that trap, you know, also sleeping pattern, you know, they oh, might yes. like, sleep in and not eat. So yes. this is like probably a really good thing to combine with your schedule, like during the holiday, also that, keep a yes. schedule.
1: Yeah, keep something of a schedule. You know, have a sleep in and and sl- start your day slower because that's so good for our bodies just to start a little bit slower when we can. Uh, but it, that that idea of eating late in the night and eating sugar things before bed, technically not eating for at least two hours before you go to bed is ideal because you, when we sleep, we detox. Mm. It's a natural detox time. So our body's organs are having a break from dealing with the inputs of the day from the stimulus that we have with our work or whatever our studies, um, that we're having a break from that and a break from food. Yeah. But when you eat a big meal before you go to bed, you're just going to spend the night digesting. Mm. You're not actually going to spend the night detoxing. Mm. So it's, it's a much better reset to finish at least two hours before you go to bed at least. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also another, another great tip there, because I think, yeah, this is the struggle during the holiday, right? You eat until the last second. That's right. You
1: be eating all night. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then you end up going to bed. And the other thing is eating a meal when you eat, sit down to eat a meal in regards to blood sugar and supporting yourself is to eat um, eat the protein first, the vegetables, and then the carbohydrates at the end. So eating in that way and again within the sort of portion control is much better for your blood sugar.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're not eating the carby part first, which will spike your blood sugar. Oh, yes. Yep. Eating very it interesting. at the end. And yeah. usually because you've try and have enough of the protein vegetable sort of uh, part of the meal, and so the carbohydrates doesn't need to be as much as what you. Do if you start it with a meal. It's hard when you're eating pasta or noodles. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a hard one. How does that work? Yeah. 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 It's it's tricky. But yeah, no, great tip. I think um, you know, whenever it works, we can apply it. Yes. The key is to be mindful about these things and, you know, apply them when you can. Yes. And not beat yourself up when you cannot do it every day.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah. That's right. I, I think yeah, we, we we could all use a break, especially because it's the holiday. People probably want to be relaxed and yeah, you know, like take it slow, like you're saying, and yeah. sometimes they will forget about this, and it's totally fine. Yeah. The key is That's you right. know you have the tools and
1: you use it when you can. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. And, and you know, to it's how don't underestimate the importance of enjoying yourself, just enjoying yourself and enjoying the company that you might have in that moment. Yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So totally. yeah, so yeah. True. Balance, balance, balance. Yeah, it's all about balance. Yeah,
0: mm. love that. Um, Okay, well, Mm. we've covered all grounds with, uh, Mm. you know, well-being and healthy diet. And uh, we probably have potentially opened the floor for another podcast, which (laughs) we'll not do today because we (laughs) out of time. Um, But we've got Open Mic for you now, which Mm -hmm. is your platform to talk about anything you are passionate about. So Mm. go for it.
1: So I am really passionate about... um, so many things, so many things. But I'm really passionate about meditation, um, any form of meditation. I have my own practice, but any form of meditation I think is foundational to health. But when I say meditation too, there's walking meditation, journaling can be a type of meditation, there's guided meditation that you can listen to something. And I'm really into it because... Well, for me, it really works for me. It really works. I I have really active mind. I'm always on to something and I never thought I could meditate until um, probably about six to eight years ago. And I see, um, for me, in my practice, in my life, my meditation sorts out my brain and all the busyness in my mind so I can really get to the point of what I really need to do. Mm. So... I, f- I often tell a lot of my clients uh, for meditation or journaling or some kind of lifestyle practice because actually you you can shove in all the healthy food you like, but if you're stressed out of your mind and you're disconnected from your body, it doesn't go in. So I'm really passionate about that, mm. really, really passionate about you can be as healthy as you like, buy the book with your diet and all these kind of ways, but if you're stressed out of your mind, you can forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is such a beautiful message. I couldn't agree more. It's mm. so true because a
0: lot of people are kind of like, oh, you know, like I, I'm just gonna keep doing the healthy things, Yep. but they're not really dealing what's in here. Yes. And I find that to be a really big thing. That the the past few years, I'm just really torn because whenever people are talking about like all these healthy things mm. they're doing, but they're not really talking about um, like you're saying meditation or mm. you know just dealing with whatever's inside their head. Yes. Um, the, I feel like they're sort of running away from that. Yes, which is also tricky because I think a, a very big part of having any kind of healthy balance in mm. life is to do both. You know, that's the right. inside, the, the inner work, and then
1: that's on the right. outside,
0: whatever you can do.
1: And yeah, it's it's hard work. You know, it is. It is actually. It is. The, I think it's the hardest thing for people yeah. because it's sort. It's, if you really want to get into control of your diet, you can do that but really getting in control of yourself of <laughs> is, yeah, a whole other kind of work. Yeah, so, It is. huge. So, you know, checking in, you know, that's why I think I could say that my children are my mentors because they're the ones that actually make me really check myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could, I could imagine. Yeah, mm. definitely.
1: Yeah. That's a
0: really good point. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I think mm. it's a it's a whole other topic and meditation could be its own podcast, to be totally, honest. Totally,
1: totally. Yeah. Yes. So we'll,
0: we'll save that for another day. Yes. Um, but really, thank you for being here. And if our audience would like to find out more about your work, where should they go?
1: So my website is um, www.supernature.com.au. And you can find me on Insta at, at supernature.nutrition. Um Yeah, I practice around the place. You can see me online and things like that as well. But if you have any things going on, I run group cleanses and those kind of things. Yep, there's lots of little ways to connect in with the stuff that I'm doing beautiful well
0: thank you so much for sharing and thanks again for being here i've had a great time Aww. you know i me feel too. like the holiday is less intimidating now that i have all these tips and tricks me I'm, too you know i'm gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna visit my family soon so you know like at least i have these in my back pockets
1: so i could just like use them whenever i need to yes that'll yeah. be great or you can even just remind yourself of this conversation because i think i'll do the same thing yeah oh, yeah that's right we were talking about that and i did say <laughs> that so actually i should do that yeah we <laughs> <laughs> We should purchase what
0: we, we're preaching. You totally. Know? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Report back after the holiday. See yeah, how we yeah. go. Totally. Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: Great. Thank you. Well, thank you.
0: You have been listening to Doing Well, the Wellbeing Science Insights podcast, produced by the Wellbeing Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 life management perspectives and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe to our channel so that other people can find it and we can continue to provide quality content. More of our work can be found on our website, we.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Lungo, thanks for tuning in.